Welcome to the Fulfillment Stories Podcast number 12. I'm Chelsea Bay Dennis. Fulfillment is a storytelling event featuring local community leaders and entrepreneurs who share their journey towards fulfillment through vocation that will challenge you to come alive. Jody Hayden is the co-owner of Grocer's Daughters Chocolate, along with her husband, D.C. Hayden. Grocer's Daughters Chocolates is handcrafted chocolates with many organic, naturally grown, and local Michigan ingredients. Jody is also the co-founder of Higher Grounds Training Company and has an extensive experience working with indigenous and fair trade farmers all around the world. Here's Jody's story for the May 2015 event. Hayden, which I've said she is instrumental in my story, and she's not only, I would say your biggest theme is relationships with people all over the world, whether that's coffee or chocolate or your beautiful son. But here's Jody Hayden. Thank you, Chelsea. Thanks. And Nick, thank you. You're my inspiration tonight. That was awesome. I hope you keep playing. It's so fun to listen to him. Um, Yeah, so, you know, like Chelsea said, I do think my personal relationships have been what have driven me um, from the time I was really, really young. And, you know, when she asked me to speak, I started going through my brain. What's applicable to this talk? Um, You know, it's related to food. It's related to entrepreneurship or intrapreneurship. And so... Um, you know, as I sat, I sat on my porch swing today, and I'm swinging with my 10-month-old, and I just felt like there's, there's no place I'd rather be. I am so content in my life right now. It's such a blessing. And I feel like that's what it means when you're a successful entrepreneur and entrepreneur. You found a place in your life where you are so content and so happy that there's no place else you really need to be. And so my story really starts when I'm, I was young. It was my parents that had a huge influence on me. And sorry, I still get nervous speaking in public, so my voice might shake a little bit. Um, I was born in Arkansas, but when I was two, we moved to Iowa. And my family would go back every year to visit my grandparents, my grandmother and my step-grandfather. And my grandfather was a really hard worker. He had a farm. And on the farm, he had a helper, a man named Hayward, who was a black man. And... um, my, I, would, I would say my grandfather would say Hayward was his very best friend. They, they worked so closely together. And Hayward often at night would bring over greens and things that his, he and his wife grew. And my grandmother and my grandfather like, just thought that that was so special. We would talk about the collards that came from Hayward and his wife and how good they were. And I remember then kind of getting this feeling of like how important food is and gifting food. Hayward would never look us in the eye. He called me Miss Jody. He never came in the house. But yet there was always this gift, this transaction. And I know my grandparents loved them. Um, So, you know, that stuck with me. And then, you know, I was raised in Iowa. I was a corn detassler. Did anybody detassel corn growing up? Like in the middle of the heat in Iowa in the summer, you're out taking tassels off corn. What I didn't know then was it's about a process of hybridization of the corn. Um, it's, you know, it's a really a Monsanto-friendly practice to help um, corn become more of a monoculture. But, you know, I didn't know that then. I just worked my ass off all summer under the heat for probably what, you know, migrant workers do now. But again, it was this, it was this community of food. And at that time, 
it was interesting because all my friends were eating steakums and their pa- their parents made like you know this processed food and my mom who worked at Kmart 40 hours a week and my dad who worked 12 hour shifts at the local plastic family our factory were they were coming home every night making scratch um, dinners they would always have a meat they would always have a vegetable they would always have a starch you know, we didn't have steakums in my in my kitchen. Much to our dismay, <laughs> we wanted the steakums, but my parents were giving us good food. And my mom always had a garden. And so I really appreciated food then. Um, I think the social justice came a little later. Uh, my dad was transferred to Cincinnati and got corporate downsized. He lost his job at the big plastic company. Um, Fortunately, he had really good relationships and was able to get another job. But that was my first experience of corporate downsizing. And so, you know, I'm taking this all in. I was always a child that watched people, was always really interested in why people did what they did. And so, um, so I, you know, I'm in high school now in Ohio. We had to move and uh, was outside of Cincinnati, and I graduated from there. Um, and my dad had been downsized, and I decided it's time for, to go, for me to go to college. And I got a scholarship to go back to Iowa, an academic scholarship for a year, and I wanted to be in pre-med. And when I got there, I did pre-med um, for my freshman year and decided it really wasn't for me. And I had an advisor who said that women should really be dentists, not doctors. <laughs> Unbelievably, my dad, my dad gave that guy a mouthful. Um, but it was also an out for me because I don't think I was really in love with it. And so I ended up, I should have probably dropped out of school then and just traveled, but I didn't. Um, I ended up spending a summer working on tall ships, um, on the East coast out of Woods Hole. And I fell in love with oceans. I had always really loved the oceans. Um, and then I went to Florida state after that. And, uh, and continued to get like scuba diving degree and really get involved with some oceanography programs there. But again, my, I had a wanderlust, and I, my parents kind of did what Allison's parents did. They're like, you're spending a lot of money for out-of-state tuition if you're going to drop out again, which I had decided to do, and go work on tall ships again and hitchhike um, around Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> so there I was doing that. Came back home, went hitchhiking around California, um, got back on some tall ships. I thought maybe I would sail the world working on tall ships. I worked on the um, um, Pete Seeger's boat um, out in, in, in uh, New York and got to meet him and some of the other fabulous musicians who run the tall ship out there. Um, and it was. I mean, it was around activists, and it was life-changing. And so when I went to go back to college and finally get my degree... I got a degree in anthropology, and again, I was so interested in humans and what they were doing. Um, I finished my degree in Cincinnati and started working at a mental health center, um, people that had schizophrenia and depression. Um, I did that for a couple of years and then decided to go to grad school in Vermont. And so this is kind of how I get into the food business. Um, (laughs) Finally. I was at the School for International Training in Brattleboro, Vermont, and uh, that program is an organizational management program focused on social change. And all of our professors were very much involved in social change um, internationally. Like Vandana Shiva would come to our school to speak. Um, At that time, I mean, there was all kinds of really incredible people coming to our school. And uh, and so we had access to this. And... um, 
That was the year the fair trade area of Americas was being negotiated. Does anybody know what the fair trade area of Americas treaty was? It's about a, 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 a trade pact between all the North American countries to basically get rid of any barriers to trade. But that didn't work for, for the poorer countries of the world because it wasn't a fair playing field. But anyway, we organized a huge protest in Quebec. There were tens of thousands of people there. This was in 1999. Um, I mean, tens of thousands of people from all over the world protesting, and we were gassed. And it was that part of my life where now I look back and I think maybe I was a little bit of an idealist. But I wasn't because, you know, after grad school, I went to Chiapas, Mexico and lived there for a year. And I got to meet the farmers that these trade agreements were impacting. Um, this was, Chiapas, Mexico is the very most, it's the most southern state in Chiapas. And the people there are, are, are mostly Mayan still. A lot of them don't even speak Spanish. In fact, I met women who had never even handled cash their entire life. And um, at that time, there were 16-year-olds migrating for the first time out of their communities to the United States. You know, and, and that force was economic. It was that they couldn't make a meager living you know, in their communities anymore. They were migrating. And so as I saw that, um, they had, you know, these people had great coffee. And so that's what the impetus to start Higher Grounds was born there. Um, you, after talking to these farmers and really wanting to help them, we realized it was about $100,000 <laughs> to import a, a container of coffee, which isn't cheap. And so we came up with a business plan, and um, we wanted to import ourselves, but we happened to meet this woman who worked for the only importing co-op in the world who imported green bean coffee into the U.S. And she, she literally had come to Chiapas to meet with coffee farmers. We did not know her before. And she said, oh, you want to start a coffee business? Well, you, you, should, you should, you know, and there's this thing called fair trade, and, you know, you guys should get into it. So at the time, you know, we, when, when I co-founded Higher Grounds Trading Company here in town with my ex-husband, Chris, there were only about four fair trade coffee companies in the country. Um, if you don't know what fair trade is, it just really means giving people, you know, dignity. It means paying somebody a fair price um, for what they do. And it, it, I mean, in my heart and soul, I think dignity is the most important thing in any business transaction. So, um, that's what Higher Grounds was about. It was about treating the farmers with dignity. It was also about treating workers, I mean, any staff that works for us with dignity. And so, um, you know, nine years later, Higher Grounds grew from a tiny little company in 2002 to a multi-million dollar company. Um, but it grew with, you know, it started with a loan from my grandmother for $3,600, um, and so friends, family, and fools, <laughs> talk to your friends, family, and fools if you're going to start a business. <laughs> My grandmother believed in us and gave us that money. And so anyway, it grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And then, um, it, and it was wonderful. And a lot of the people that I know here in town, I met through Higher Grounds Trading Company. Um, but... My personal relationship with Chris at that time wasn't, wasn't going as well. And so, you know, I jumped off a cliff at one point and, and left higher grounds. One of us needed to, and we split up. And, um, and that turned out to be, you know, the greatest personal thing that's happened to me. Um, yeah, and it, it's, it's 
it's, it's hard. Personal, I mean, when you're trying to create your career, no matter what people say, your, your partner is a really big part of that and your happiness. And so you need to follow the path that, you know, that feels good for you. And so anyway, I got really lucky and got a job offer from Peace Coffee in Minneapolis. I went out there for two years and worked for them. Um, I got into an admin position that I felt like was too removed from people. I really love working with people. Um, and I always knew that I would move home. And I also kind of found the love of my life who's here and my 10-month-old baby back there who's making some noise right now. And so um, we knew Grocer's Daughter Chocolate was going to go up for sale. Mimi Wheeler's a dear friend of mine. And we knew we wanted to come home. And so it really has been a dream come true to come home and buy that business and keep it going much in, you know, in, in Mimi's memory. We love her. And, uh, yeah, and so now we have a 10-month-old and we have another one on the way. I'm due in October. Um, and it's... And it's, yeah, it's just really a wonderful thing. And so my challenge to you is along the way, I met a lot of people who opened doors for me. And I would say, if you know someone you admire and you had never, never met them, call them up and just say, can I have an hour of your time? I'd love to take you to coffee or lunch. And just get to know them because you never know what that's going to turn into. It could turn into a friendship. It could turn into a door opening for you. But I know that I got to where I was because I always talked to people, and they really, like, you know, opened doors for me. So, anyway, thank you so much.